0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is Money Talking from WNYC. I'm Charlie Herman. Self-driving cars are getting a lot of attention these days, whether it's Google getting the okay to put 25 of these vehicles on the road in California, or Cadillac announcing plans to release a car in 2017 that will drive itself down the highway. But what's it like to take your hands off the wheel when the car is going 80 miles an hour? Well, this guy knows. My name is Will Knight. I'm the news and analysis editor at MIT Technology Review. Will sat in the driver's seat of a prototype of one of these self-driving cars on the Autobahn in Germany, where there's no speed limit.
1: It was a pretty surreal experience, you know, just completely letting go. And, and, le- and having this thing, say, overtake a truck that was in front of us was pretty bizarre.
0: What did you learn from the experience?
1: I learned how good it, it can be in certain situations. You know, I think in, on highways, the... Uh, driving is is quite controlled it's it's much less of a challenge than driving on city streets I also obviously learned that it that it's surprisingly easy to um to to let it take over and to feel comfortable with it but I also learned that it can have some somewhat strange behavior so a person might keep a particular distance from a from a car just because they're a uh, nervous driver or whatever, but this autonomous system really doesn't worry about that. So there were times when I was I was thinking, you know, this thing is getting much too close. So there was a moment when I slammed on the, the brakes myself because I thought it was going to hit.
0: Did you leave more optimistic or more doubtful that we're going to see these cars uh, on the road sooner than we think?
1: I, I left feeling that car makers are certainly less um, ambitious than, say, Google in, in when they think fully autonomous cars are going to hit the roads. And that's because there are, there are just too many artificial intelligence challenges that haven't been solved and that seem like it might, be, might take a quite a long time to solve. Um, so I, I certainly left feeling that a lot of the hy- hype or excitement over automated driving is a, a little bit ahead of the, uh, the actual technology.
0: What are some of those obstacles that researchers still haven't solved?
1: The biggest obstacles really are when it comes to driving in cities um, and anywhere that there's uh, sort of, <laughs> to be honest, unpredictable human behaviour, which we, we come across all the time when we're driving. We take for granted, I think, our very, very attuned, powerful human brain and its capabilities for dealing with that. So, for example, if you have uh, somebody crossing a road and they... uh, wave you on. It's very difficult for a car to understand what that actually means. There's also these systems really rely on very, very accurate maps. um, And it's a lot easier to to create a map and then drive a car by referencing that map than to use the sensors to figure out where the edge of the roads are all the time. And so if anything deviates from that map, that can be a real problem.
0: Can you give me an example of obstacles or different maps or positioning problems? A
1: mapping problem that um, might be encountered would be where uh, there were roadworks on the road, so you know one of these temporary lights had been put up. And if the map doesn't include that, it's going to have to fall back entirely on the sensors. And then the, the sensors can have – it can still be a real challenge, especially in uh, real-world lighting and with with poor weather, to actually figure out what's going on. If there's a, if there's a police officer there waving the car to, to drive, it's almost certainly going to have to hand control back to the driver and say, I, I just can't handle this.
0: So when you hear those reports of hundreds of thousands of miles that self-driving cars have already – uh taken does that not impress you
1: um no it's it's certainly impressive but i think it has to be taken with a pinch of salt because the the truth is that most of those miles are the same miles that um have been covered again and again and those are covering road that's been mapped very very accurately
0: you know a big promise of these cars is that they'll make driving safer since so many accidents are due to human error um is it possible to get some of those safety benefits before we have to get to the point of having a fully autonomous vehicle
1: absolutely I think that's I think that's actually a really great strategy and that's um, a strategy that a lot of car makers are taking is is sort of uh, incrementally uh, implementing some of these technologies and if you think about it a lot of this stuff has been creeping into cars for for a while we've had um, assisted braking assisted steering and it might be a really str- smart strategy just to make a car that is somewhat uncrashable rather than saying, okay, we're going to give you a car that, is, that will take over driving. Um, it would be entirely possible just to um, have a vehicle take over braking when you, it seems like you're not going to react in time. And I think, that, I think that will certainly save a lot of lives.
0: So tell me about this town in Michigan where they're trying to mimic a real world environment for these self-driving cars.
1: Sure. So this, yeah, this is a very interesting... Um, effort out of the University of Michigan, where they're taking a lot of these situations that will be very challenging to uh, self-driving cars. So city streets, um, pedestrians popping out of nowhere, and trying to simulate that in this this mocked-up town, which is going to have mechanical pedestrians, going to have all sorts of conditions, including difficult weather, um, and a, a number of car makers have, have put funding into that because they want to be able to test this their technology on in these scenarios and they want to be able to test it in a scientific way
0: I guess the thing that I come back to is the human factor in this especially as we're in this transitionary period if the former driver becomes passive are they going to be ready to take control if that's ever necessary
1: that's a that's a great question, and, and there's actually this curve which you see in um, intention, attention in driving. Where so if people we all know about being too distracted, you know, having p- maybe texting or trying to fiddle with the radio being a real problem, but there's actually also a problem if you're under stimulated, if you don't have enough drawing your attention to the road. One area that's kind of instructive is, is um, uh, air travel, where the use of autopilot has actually been found to have decreased the, the manual skill of pilots. So the authorities have been asking pilots to, to spend more time flying manually so that they are ready to take over um, if the autopilot breaks down, which obviously it can sometimes.
0: With what you've seen, do you think that there could be a point in the future where people forget how to drive? I mean, eventually, yeah, I guess if we have
1: fully automated cars everywhere, Uh, there may not be that much of a need to drive. But then again, you know, lots of people, myself included, love driving. So maybe there'll be an option to turn off the the autonomy if you want to have the fun of actually driving around.
0: Will, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Will Knight is an editor at the MIT Technology Review. And if this conversation has you thinking about the future of driving, check out our complete show on self-driving cars available right here at moneytalking.org or as a podcast available on iTunes. I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.